The following podcast is part of the Joy Road Media family. Enjoy. Welcome to Camp Creep, a podcast focusing on anthology horror. Starting with Tales from the Crypt. Hi, I'm your least favorite camp counselor, Tish Delano. And I'm the other camp counselor, Lauren Jewell. This is a morning recording session. It is a morning recording session. There is coffee, there is tea, there is other kinds of tea. And as of right now, it is 59 degrees here in Michigan. Yay for global warming. (laughs) It's really throwing me off. Like, usually on my birthday, there's a snowstorm. I'm so used to it. And then this year, it was like, I just wore a hoodie outside all day and it was really nice. Yeah. And the worst part about it is that before that, it was literally, we had freezing temps. Like, we Mm -hmm. had ice, we had snow. So then when it took this sudden turn of one day, we all woke up and it was 50 degrees outside. Oh, my nose turned into a faucet. I stepped outside and I started sneezing. My allergies like hit me like a freight train. I'm like, oh, this is not good. (laughs) I also have very exciting news. I don't know if this is a bulletin board thing, but it's a very good thing. So campers, if you ever follow my Instagram, you might notice that my glasses are kind of ridiculously awesome. And for about two years now, I've been decorating them. And this year, I did 12 different designs and I did TikToks of them and posted photos of them. Can say that my December ones are particularly obnoxious. (laughs) They're super festive. (laughs) Super festive. But the lenses I use are all from Zenni Optical and drum roll please. Yagul is an official brand ambassador now for Zenni. So I have a coupon code. It is a bunch of letters and numbers that I will be putting it in the comments. Although one day I do hope to get far enough to where I can make my own. Mm -hmm. And you know it's going to be creep. Yeah. 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 Uh, But for now, it is just a bunch of letters and numbers. And I will post that in the episode description. And yeah, it is for 10% off your purchase. And you should totally treat yourself to some glasses. Yes. So not sponsored. Lauren is just a now a brand ambassador. I will in the future, once I get my next eye exam, because I think I'm overdue now, (laughs) I will be getting me some new glasses. And I'm going to have you take some of my fire sore off skis and make me some camp creep themed glasses. Oh, I got you, girl. I got you. I know. I'm excited. Ta-da! Yay! So, I believe there are a couple of things to discuss on the bulletin board, though. There are. So, campers, welcome to your bulletin board for this week. This episode is all about sideshows. And by sideshows, I mean the carnival kind. And if you know anything about the history of sideshows, you know that they basically thrived on ableism and ex exploitation. And if you didn't know anything about that history, don't worry, because we got you covered. Yeah, Lauren will get you in the creeperosity. So just an FYI, if that's something that really upsets you, bothers you, sends you into a rage, maybe skip this episode and don't verbally abuse us afterwards. I know, just saying. Also, this episode does feature some pretty intense physical abuse of a vulnerable person. So again, that's something you find upsetting, maybe don't watch. We are very careful how we describe things like that. And also, because we're talking about sideshows and ableism and yada yada, if we get something wrong, I did go deep down into the rabbit hole to make sure that using proper terminology, because no better do better. But if we get something wrong, feel free to email us and let us know that actually this is the correct term, because there's one thing here that we do at Camp Creep, and we learn. Hell yeah. We don't like to hurt people's feelings. We don't like to be super problematic. So if we got something wrong, let us know and we will change our language. Right? The only person in this room right now that likes to hurt feelings is Lego. <laughs> Lego is currently hurting mine because she's looking all cute over there and I want to pet her, but I can't. 
Because she'll bite me and she hates me, but Brain's like, cute fuzzy thing, must touch. (laughs) Is there anything else in the bulletin board this week? No, that is it for this week's bulletin board. Are you ready to go creeping through that crypt? I'm ready to go creeping through that crypt if you were ready for a creeperosity. I would love a creeperosity. Lay it on me. Huzzah! Okay, so there was a rabbit hole and I went down it and it took a lot of effort to stay focused on one thing and also managed to come out of said rabbit So here's some history about sideshows. I got this information from the lynchburgmuseum.org. They say that the first documented traveling sideshow in American history was in 1738, and it was hella racist, so we're gonna skip a couple of years ahead and go to P.T. Barnum. In 1840, P.T. Barnum developed the American Museum in New York City, where visitors could pay a dime and see a variety of displays. Many creators on display were fake historical items created in the imagination of Barnum. Unfortunately, this museum also was home to individuals whose physical differences were deemed worthy of expedition. Visitors came to see people with dwarfism, albinism, and microcephaly. After two fires in 1865 and 1868, Barnum decided to take his show on the road and began a new American circus tradition. That is your creeperosity, and I believe believe you have a story for us. I do. So have you ever, at any of the carnivals you went to growing up, did any of them ever have any, like, of the non-human variety sideshow attractions? Like the the person or something? Yeah, something like that. There was one that I went to as a kid, and it has stuck with me for my entire life, because it was a tiny horse. Aw. So they advertised- Was it Little Sebastian? No, God, God I wish. <laughs> well, they advertised it as this thing was, like, super tiny. They had a really tiny bot, like, so you had to go into a thing and there was like a really tiny box and you would look in and there was supposed to be this like super, super, super like I'm talking like not Shetland pony size. I'm talking like super tiny, like Uh palm of your hand. I was not allowed to go in because my mom said it's a scam. It's a ripoff. All of my friends went in and to this day, I am still upset about it (laughs) because no one would tell me what they saw. I'm a cat. I'm a total cat. Like curiosity is going to kill me someday. But they all said they saw it. Like aside from there was a there was a horse. Yes, there was a tiny horse. I'm like, but like, was it real? Like, what what was it? Like, like, how big was it? And they, that's all. Like, nobody would tell me anything. And to this day, it has driven me absolutely bonkers. So this would have been like in the 90s. Oh, if no. anyone saw this at their local traveling carnival and they went in and paid money to see this stupid microscopic tiny horse, tell me what you saw because it is driving me absolutely batty and I've never been able to find anything oh. about it. Well, Camp Counselor Tish. Yes. It was was a horse, of course. (laughs) Worth it. This is Season 2, Episode 14, Lower Birth. And this is your synopsis. This episode of Tales from the Crypt is based off of the 33rd issue of the Tales from the Crypt comic. Do you smell that, Camp Counselor Tish? Love is in the air. Or maybe that's popcorn. Feast your eyes at this world of wonders at Feely's fantastic fairway of freaks. Meet Enoch, the two-faced man who dreams of having a family of his own. Unfortunately for Enoch, that may not be a possibility. That is, until a sketchy deal is made and there's a new lady in his life, even if she's a mummy. Shenanigans in soup. And everybody gets what they deserve. Just a little note, campers. Because of the whole global warming thing, you may have heard that there have been out-of-season tornadoes lately. We've been lucky to not been hit by one, but we are getting extremely high winds. <laughs> yeah, we keep yelling at Gale. Gale's not listening very well. No, no, and it's very, it's very random. They come and they go. It totally destroyed my back deck. So we try to pause when we realize that the winds are loud enough that the mics pick up, but you may occasionally hear a... <laughs> Just think of it as atmosphere. It's a windy day here at Camp Creep. All right, let's get into this episode. (laughs) We open on the Crypt Keeper playing house. Oh, precious! It's so cute. He's got a little baby doll in a crib and he's rocking it. Mm -hmm. And oh, look, he's about to smash the baby with the hammer. (laughs) Classic Crypt Keeper. (laughs) It's babysitting, not baby hitting. Yes. 
Would you trust the Crypt Keeper to babysit your babies? I mean, Sharpie and Lego. I mean, Sharpie's really good at hiding when she wants to be, and you know Lego's attitude. Yeah, I think Lego would eat the Crypt Keeper. That's fine. Yeah, I would not trust him with Phoebe, though. She's far too trusting. <laughs> She's too precious. She is too She's precious. Small bean. <laughs> she is a small, precious bean. So the Crypt Keeper says that this ep- episode should have a subtitle, A Tale from the Crib. <laughs> mm, what could that mean? I did also appreciate the wordplay when he said nursery crime. That was so good, I had to write it down. Crypt Keeper drops the book right into the cradle and mentions that this is the origin story for his favorite horror hero. Who could that be, Camp I, Counselor Lauren? I, you know, I have no idea, Camp Counselor T-ish. Huh. I guess we'll find out. This episode opens to a circus setting in probably the 40s or 50s, and there's a lot of people around and there is a ring man getting people's attention and his name is Mr. Feely and he reminds me a lot of the Barker from season one episode three dig that cat he's real gone Mr. Feely the Barker is introducing the sideshow attractions please note that he calls them human horrors man or monsters so uh, I've decided let's rank let's let's go ahead and rank them by how problematic these descriptions of these people are based on their descriptions. Oh no. Let's see. We've got, and this is his terms, not ours. Fanny the Fat Lady. She's 450 pounds. She doesn't even look that large. No, no. I am, I will give them some credit. They let her be like, be pretty. Mm -hmm. Like, Usually in these things, they try to, like, make them look as gross as possible to be as exploitive and, like, fat people can't be pretty. Like, fuck, fuck off, right? Get out of here with that fat phobia crap. And I would like to say that we're well beyond this, but yep. we have our next sideshow act, the Littles. They supposedly live in a shoebox. And it's a husband, wife, and child. They're just people that have dwarfism. That's it. Then we have the stupefying skull face, living skeleton. We never see that one. Did you catch a glimpse of him? I did not catch a glimpse of him in the episode, but when I was doing my creeperosity research, mm-hmm. I did see him. Okay. I unfortunately do not remember his name or anything about him other than when he passed away, he was 45 pounds. Oh, I know. Okay. I know who you're talking about. Yep. Yes. Okay. I figured it was that when they said living skeleton, I was like, I bet it's somebody that's very, very, very thin. Uh, very thin indeed. Yes. And then we get the amazing Enoch and we will get into the amazing Enoch in just a moment. But yes, this is a pretty accurate snap shot of sideshows. They left out some of the more racist stuff, but uh, <laughs> it is only a dime to get in, and people are lining up around the tent to get in to see this show. And while people are lining up and Mr. Feely is getting people even more hyped up, we can kind of see somebody behind the curtains taking a look and watching everybody, and then we see who it is. It's Enoch, the two-faced man and he is out of his cage and has been a ahem, very naughty boy, yes. according to his, I truly feel he's his owner. Yeah, I put caretaker, but yeah. I put that in quotes because that's, um... There's no care happening No, there. no, there's no caretaking happening here. It's all exploitation and abuse. Sickles manages to get Enoch back into his cage, but not before hitting him a few times. With and, a whip. Was it a whip or was it his belt? Not no, like it's much better. Oh, it was a whip. Oh, trust me, because he pulls it out several times. It made me very sad. Jesus. We also catch a glimpse out amongst the crowd, a very dapper looking gentleman in a top hat and fancy suit. Very nice. Yes, yes. Who is this gentleman? We shall find out. So when Feely announces that Enoch is up for his grand reveal, I was pleasantly surprised by the crowd's reaction. There was a couple of gasps, but nobody like straight up laughed at him or anything. They were just bewildered. And just so you are aware, Enoch's condition is a real condition. It is called, and I probably should have had Google help me pronounce this. Let's, let's, let's sound this out. Dip prosopus. Dip, dip prosopus. You can leave all this in too. Dip prosopus or craniofacial duplication. It is a very rare condition that causes duplication of the face and sometimes the cerebral front lobes. There was that very famous cat. I believe it was in the UK. Cat that had two faces and it lived for a very long time considering its condition. Usually they die at birth, um, oh, both no. cats and humans. Holy shit. Later that evening, Sickles and 
Feely are having a very spirited conversation where Feely is mad at Sickles that Enoch keeps getting out of his cage and Sickles threatens to leave the show with Enoch. However, Feely knows some things. Yeah, Sickles' threat about taking away Enoch and thus taking away Feely's money train is a false threat because Feely reveals that he knows that Enoch is actually dying. He is not long for this world. Uh, Sickles had paid off the doctor to hide this information so thus he could keep the act going. They could keep exploiting Enoch for their own profit for as long Mm -hmm. as possible. And Feely says, but as long as you own him, then I own you and we do things my way. Gross. So Feely leaves and then that fancy dressed man we saw earlier is actually standing outside of Sickles' tent, listening to the sound of Sickles whipping Enoch. So Sickles, tired from a long night of beating Enoch, comes back to his room to eat his supper, and he lights his lantern to reveal the dapper gentleman lurking in the dark, scaring the shit out of Mr. Sickles. Well deserved. (laughs) Yeah. So this man is Dr. Zachary Kling, and he's at your service. Turns out that Dr. Kling is a big fan of cards, and when he was playing against an archaeologist in St. Louis, who happened to be terrible at poker, he won a very interesting item that he wants to make a deal with with Sickles and make things better between him and Feely. It is a beautiful mummy named Marana, but Kling likes to call her Myrna, because why not wipe out any identity she had? Let's just keep going with this theme. She is wrapped in bandages, as you would expect, but her face is uncovered, and it's extremely well-preserved. Myrana is a 16-year-old Egyptian slave girl who was mummified while still alive because she was playing hard to get with the pharaoh. Yes, and she uh, was buried with this gigantic huge bejeweled necklace but Kling says don't don't worry about that that's just a prop that's just a costume piece don't worry about that that's it's not real <laughs> it's a beautiful scarab by the way yeah, oh I love scarabs but then I also remember that scene in the mummy where the, yeah. the beetles crawl into the guy's yeah. skin <laughs> I love that scene but also that scene grosses me out that movie is why so many people of that era are not straight I mean I was all, I already was in denial about my bisexuality and that movie just just made it harder to deny what was going on. <laughs> so, Dr. Kling offers Sickles Mirana for a 60-40 split, but Sickles finds this whole thing sus, which I'm like, no, no, that's valid. Like, what's the catch? Why don't you just go straight to Feely with this offer? And yeah, are you sure that necklace is not like a big deal? Like maybe actually real and expensive and worth something? Mm-hmm. Question mark. Dr. Kling says, oh, he just needs to keep a low profile for whatever reason. And the less connections he has to Feely and the circuits itself, the better, which is totally not sketch at all. No, not sketch at all. He just wants Sickles to be his agent and he's going to give him 40%. What a deal! Doesn't seem too shabby. And the men have a drink to their deal and that's that. And in the next scene, we reveal the newest attraction at the sideshow. It's Myrna, the Egyptian slave girl. And boy, is she a hit. Yeah, not only is Myrna a huge hit with the crowd, but with Enoch as well. Oh, he gives her the googly eyes. It's so cute. It's so adorable. <laughs> He's basically her number one fan and has fallen in love with the mummy girl at first glance. Oh, it's so cute. So... Later, we see Enoch sleeping in his cage, only to awaken to find a little girl named Elizabeth standing at his cage and staring at him. And she's holding a little dolly, which looks a little familiar, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, and what I really liked about this is that there's only like two words that are said between the two, and it's all nonverbal communication. Mm -hmm. And it was such a wholesome scene. I know, I was so scared. I was like, is this little girl about to make me hate humanity even more and be like terrible? Or are we about to see like the purity of a child? And thank God it was all about the 
the purity of a child. Yes. So Enoch is trying to tell Elizabeth something and Elizabeth is able to figure out that he wants her to open the curtain where Myrna is and she does and he's so happy and then Elizabeth mom shows up and it's like, what the fuck are you doing in here? Yeah, get out. And before joining her mom, Elizabeth runs back and she gives Enoch her baby doll in like a final act of kindness because see, she sees Enoch as a human being and Good not job, Elizabeth. as a as as an, a prop, a sideshow attraction. There we go. The, the Elizabeth is just basically the the tiny thread of faith I have left in humanity. Fair enough. Sickles comes in and calls him a naughty boy again and tries to take the dolly away, but Enoch is protecting it and like bites at Sickles' hands when he tries to take it away. And then Sickles makes a realization. Yeah, because he realizes Enoch keeps gazing tenderly back over at Marana and he's squeezing the doll tightly every time he does and he pieces it together. Enoch is in love with Marana and he wants a family, a a normal life. And because he's a piece of shit, he just finds this absolutely hysterical. Yeah, fuck you, Sickles. Right? He's making fun of him and is just going in at it like you'll never be normal, nobody will ever love you, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I almost cried. Like, (laughs) I feel like I did cry at least at one point. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm a very sensitive soul and man, I, uh, oh, that, yeah, that, that got to me. And while he's being a grade A asshole, he notices a photo of Myrna on one of the newspaper pages lining Enoch's cage because yes, they, they do treat Enoch like a freaking hamster and line his cage with deuce paper. This newspaper title says, Priceless Egyptian Mummy Stolen, to which Sickles freaks the fuck out and runs off to find Dr. Kling. Big op energy! So, Sickles confronts Dr. Kling and wants to know why he stole the mummy. Well, duh! The necklace, because it's actually real and worth a ton of money. Why not just take the necklace? Well, duh, because it's cursed. Have they never heard of the Egyptian curse? So this this makes me so happy. Yeah. Dr. Kling explains to Sickles that whoever takes the jewels off of Myrna will be castrated. And eventually Sickles puts the pieces together and says, whoever takes the family jewels loses theirs. Yeah, I wrote that down too because I died. I was like, oh, so oh my God, good. that is great. Yes, and Dr. Kling reveals that he previously had hired a man to take the necklace off of Mirana, but later found him castrated. Oh. And the whole reason for this curse, because I think we didn't mention it, is because she was killed when she was 16 and because of her status, uh, she never got a chance to have a family. Mm-hmm. So thus, no one can, If I guess. I'm fine with that. Same. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> well, she was also mummified because she barred off the Pharaoh's advances. So mm-hmm. I think she hates men, which yeah, is valid. Valid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You do you, Myrna. We love you. Right. Do you think if you tried to take her necklace off, she would t- tie your tubes for free? Oh, my God. I mean, that's one way to get around, you know, not having insurance and doctors not believing you when you say you don't want children. That's true. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. We're going to have to go on a field trip. I know. Yeah. We're going okay. to Egypt. <laughs> right. Or wherever the problem Props are for Tales from the Crypt. Right. I'll go with either, really. So while Sickles and Klings are arguing, Sickles has one more sick burn after he does the whole like realization of what happens if you take off the necklace. Mm-hmm. Sickles says it's too bad that Dr. Kling's father didn't try to take the jewels himself. If you know what I mean. Sick burn, Sickles. Sick Sick burn. burn. So Sickles is not buying any of this. They get into an altercation. He grabs a large pair of shears and ends up stabbing Dr. Kling in the stomach. He's dead. Yeah, he did. Unsure by the look on Sickles' face if he did that on purpose or it was a whoops, didn't mean to stab these deep into your gut murdering you. But I think it was an accident. I think so, but Sickles doesn't uh, dwell on it for too long because the show is about to start. So he goes and packs his bag after the show, sneaks in to see Enoch one more time, and he puts the shears in Enoch's cage. Yeah, he gets the whole thing set up to make it look like Enoch had escaped again, and he's the reason that Dr. Kling is dead, because he's just that much of a piece of shit. Yes, and people were 
such pieces of shit back then, they would have believed it. So Sickles leaves the weapon in the cage where Enoch is before he takes his focus over to Myrna, opening the curtain to steal the jewels from her. And while he's busy doing all of this, Enoch goes to defend his lady love. Yeah, Enoch cannot handle seeing Sickles manhandle Marana. Like, and he is not being gentle as he's trying to get this necklace off. Dude does not know how to work a clasp. So naturally, to defend his lady. He stabs him with the shears. Right in the dick. Yep. Well deserved. However, Enoch also manages to say something. He manages to say, Naughty boy. Yes, and these are the first words that Enoch has spoken ever because I would assume due to like probably like jaw deformities, it's probably was very difficult for him to speak. Mm -hmm. So kind of a miracle that he spoke pretty clearly. Speaking of miracles, after Sickles gets stabbed in the dick by Enoch, Myrna's eyes open. Yeah, oh, and they were gross. You know what? For being a 4,000-year-old mummy, they weren't that bad. Yeah. At least she still had eyes. That's very true. Eyeballs bother me very much. So, yeah, it was... (laughs) But it was cool. So we cut to the next show, uh, 20 minutes later, Feely's presenting Enoch. They open the curtain, but his cage is empty. (gasps) Oh, shit. He got out again. (gasps) Fuck. And the audience is pissed. They call him a fraud, but then he quickly recovers and then starts on Myrna's backstory and epic entrance only to open the curtain to a very dead Sickles. Yes, Sickles' corpse has been stuffed into Myrna's sarcophagus. One year later. The sideshow is back in the same town, and everything looks about the same. There was, a during one of the transitions, previously, you saw a little kangaroo in a cage. Oh, yeah, that was really cute. Yeah, I know. And I was like, oh, and I forgot to write it down. And then I made a note that during this opening, you see a guy walk by walking the kangaroo <laughs> on a leash. And I was like, nothing to see here, just a normal day at the carnival. I love it. I love it. Sheriff Hick shows up and is looking for Feely. And when one of the employees points him out, so he finds Feely and he sits down with him and he's like, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I was here last year when all that shit went down. And I really need you to come with me so I can show you something. Yeah. And Feely starts immediately going in and complaining. I never did recover those missing exhibits. And Sheriff's like, yeah, I'm, yeah, speaking of that, I'm going to need you to come with me. So they go on a field trip where a local kid was playing in this cave and he was like he found something and ran to get the police involved and now we're here and as they get closer to this little opening there's a, a smell in the air and it's not great yep nope you yep, everyone's covering their noses i you can see some flies buzzing about and as the camera pans through the cave we start to see a homey little setup like a kitchen table with some little homey pieces on it and and then a bed made of straw with a couple snuggled up inside. It is so cute. It is so cute. Enoch being snuggled up with Myrna, who you can tell is able to move and walk around because of how her arm is like draped around his stomach. And it's so, 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 mm-hmm. so precious and wholesome. Yeah, except, you know, Enoch is dead now. Yeah, I think they're both dead, dead now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're both dead, dead. But they died together. And it's so Aww. nice. Steven, this is what I want for us. <laughs> I mean, a long time from now, please don't. Yes, like. yes. But but campers, campers, this episode isn't quite over yet. Oh, no. Because this is Camp Counselor Tish's episode that she's been waiting for forever. I have been dying for this episode. Carry it away, my love. All right, so Feely sees something that makes him run out and hurl. I don't know why. I thought it was super fucking cute. Why, it's a baby. But it's not just any baby. It's a baby Crypt Keeper! It's so cute! Oh my god, it's 
so precious. He clearly takes more after his mama. His mummy. Yeah, his mummy. But oh my god, what it really reminded me of was the baby Grinch in the yes. yeah the Jim Carrey Grinch who stole Christmas. Yes, like that same like round like cheeks, like a, a similar facial structure. But um, then imagine it without skin or hair. Yeah, and a nose. I mean, he does have that skullet thing. You know, That's true, he does have some hair. Yeah, he did have a little bit. I mean, he currently has a like a scraggly skullet. He had more of a full skullet at that time when he was a little bebe, but oh my god, I had to rewind it so many times because <laughs> I was screaming and yeah, it's super, super, super precious. Look it up if you haven't. And uh, I have a pun here. Oh, You'll appreciate this. From the looks of him, I'd say he got his mummy's nose. Aww. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> so now we're back in the crypt. Mm-hmm. And the crypt keeper is holding his baby doll that he got from his daddy. Is- and he's having feelings. And this is the part that really made me relate with him. Uh, yep, I have a note about that. Yes. yes. So, crypt keeper is having emotions, but he keeps trying to cover them up with humor. And I was like, I feel you, man. I feel you. Yeah, I, I made a note here that says, crypt keeper appears to be coping with his parents' death in the same healthy manner you do. Puns, puns. That's how I know we're secretly meant to be together. You are, yeah. Oh, this episode was so precious. So yes, the dolly from the beginning is Enoch's doll that Elizabeth gave him, and that's the doll that Crypt Keeper is holding at the end. Comes full circle. Yeah, that is this episode. I wonder if the Crypt Keeper's middle name is Elizabeth. Crypt Elizabeth Keeper. (laughs) It actually doesn't sound terrible. It doesn't. I like it, and um, I think from this point forward, it needs to be canon. Yes. We're considering that canon here. <laughs> Whenever we get mad at him, we're going to say, Crypt Elizabeth Keeper. How dare you? Yes. We are so disappointed When I in have you. to get upset mom voice. CK's Killing It, True Crime in History, is a new podcast that covers crimes pre-1960. You know, the golden days, where murder was more dignified and classy. Right? No. Humans were as brutal and callous then as they are now. So let me tell you about them. With the added bonus of bringing the history of the time into the story to see how that affected the entire situation. The Great Depression, global war, attitudes towards women and minorities. Okay, some things have always been there. Join me for some stories about murder, jealousy, desperation, an out-and-out evil, with history and dark humor from those sepia-hued days. See you soon, killers. All right, and it's time for everyone's favorite segment, Who's That Ghoul? At the top of the Who's That Ghoul, I'd like to say this episode did receive Cable Ace Award nominations for directing... Makeup, Best Screenplay, and Photography. Fantastic! This episode was directed by Kevin Yeager. Hmm! Yes, so this was Kevin's directorial debut, and to which I say uh, full-on snaps to Kevin, because this was a phenomenal episode. He did an amazing job. Kevin later went on to direct another episode later in the series. He also directed Hellraiser Bloodline under the pseudonym Alan Smithy. Kevin is primarily a special effects makeup artist and a just general special effects artist. You may or may not have seen some of his work in a few minor films like Friday the 13th, The Final Chapter, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, 3, and 4, all three Bill and Ted films, Children of the Corn 3, Starship Troopers, Sleepy Hollow, the TV series Bones, you know, just a few minor things that nobody's probably ever heard of. But also, another thing that you probably aren't familiar with at all, so unimportant, he just happened to design and build Camp Counselor Lauren's boyfriend. Woohoo, that's right! Yes, he designed and built 
the Crypt Keeper, and he just happened to design and build my fictional boyfriend. That's right. He was the designer and executor for the original Chucky doll for Child's Play. He was the doll engineer on Child's Play 2, the doll designer again for Child's Play 3, and the puppet effects designer and puppeteer coordinator for Bride of Chucky. Oh yes, I fangirled out very hard. So basically, Kevin Yeager is responsible for the loves of our fictional lives. Yes. Kevin Yeager is basically our god. That's fair. Yes. Kevin Yeager, if you ever hear this, we love you. We worship you. Some fun facts about Kevin Yeager. He met his future wife on the set of Child's Play, who would be the incredible Catherine Hicks. Some of you may remember her playing the mom on Seventh Heaven. Kevin also played a zombie in Michael Jackson's thriller. Oh, nice. Yes, I'm assuming he was not one of the dancing ones. (laughs) And he has won multiple Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. That's one of my goals, is that I want us to go to some sort of horror award show. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'd love to present at like a horror award show. That'd be so cool. Do you hear that, universe? We're putting it out there. We're putting that out there. Now, also, in case you're interested in Kevin Yeager's work, if you go to kevinyeager.com, you can purchase purchase a screen used part of Enoch. Literally part of his face that has some of the animatronic. It is 1500 and I was really upset when I found this because I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Back in 2017, the baby Crypt Keeper was for sale. <gasps> I found it? yes, I found this in an article from freddyinspace.com. Love Freddy in Space. If you're not following Freddy in Space, what are you even <laughs> doing with your life? So I've got the little print here. I'm going to read what's on it and then I'm going to show it to you to get your reaction. Okay. So uh, Kevin uh, has everything very nicely displayed on his website, the things that are for sale. So the Baby Crypt Keeper was on sale for $7,250. Sorry, I put an extra zero in there. And the description says, this mechanical Crypt Keeper baby understructure was screen used during the production of HBO's Tales from the Crypt. It includes a photo of the condition that the baby was currently in, which is absolutely terrifying, Mm -hmm. a screenshot from the episode, and then it says this. The eyes were borrowed, in quotes, from a Chucky, Child's Play, puppet, and never returned. Which means whoever bought this, because it is not for sale anymore, has Chucky's eyes. Also, it says, Kevin directed this episode. And then it says at the bottom, the baby was used in the episode Lower Birth, which tells the birth of the Crypt Keeper. The original foam latex skin over time rotted away, which makes it extra terrifying. But his little feetsies are bandaged up so we don't get to see what baby Crypt Keeper <laughs> feet look like. But baby feet are about the only feet that I like because they're so tiny. So I'm a little bit obsessed. So I will post this image with a link on all our social medias. I will post that the day after this episode comes out, so the following Friday, with a link to kevinyeager.com, so you can all go and see, you know, if you got some money to spend, you want to buy us some presents, there's a few things from Tales from the Crypt on there. I will get a P.O. box just for this right? purpose. So I'm going to show Camp Counselor Lauren the photo of the baby Crypt Keeper that was for sale. Oh my god! <laughs> it's... Yeah. Yeah, it's... uh, You know what? It's perfect. It is perfect. I mean, do you remember the um, Hoggle puppet that they found? Yes, I was going to say, it reminds me of how that is now the scariest fucking thing because of how the decay is. Yeah, foam latex just rots over time, and so then these puppets, if they're not carefully maintained, yeah, they just fall apart. Um, So yeah, it's absolutely terrifying. But yes, I will post this with the link. All right. (laughs) And now to get into the cast, time to stop fangirling over Kevin. (sighs) I do want to meet him too someday, so... Ernest Feely was played by Louis Arquette. And you all may recognize that last name because that is a pretty famous last name. In fact, his daughter was just in an episode a few episodes ago. Why, he is the father to Patricia, David, Alexis, Rosanna, and Richmond Arquette. (laughs) Daddy Arquette here was an actor of TV film and also a voice actor for cartoons and anime alike. Woo! Yes, he started his career in 1965 and his first notable credit according to me, was the Rescue from Gilligan's Island TV movie in 1978. Because that's right, they ended the show with those people still trapped on the island and then had to go back and make a TV movie where they finally rescued them. They totally did that on purpose. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Lewis has also made appearances on TV shows like Fantasy Island, The Waltons, 
perfect strangers, Charles in charge, and he lended his vocal talents to cartoons like Sherlock Hound, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, which I am upset that I don't remember that because I was obsessed with Hulk Hogan, <laughs> The Smurfs, The Real Ghostbusters, a pup named Scooby-Doo, and one of my absolute favorites, Camp Candy. That was John Candy's show about where John Candy goes and opens up his own camp. Summer camp. <laughs> yeah. Also, the Spawn cartoon and As Told by Ginger. Hell yeah, that's yep. the one I remember. Yep, that's the one you remembered him. He also provided some voices for the video game Escape from Monkey Island. Interesting. Yes, and he provided the English dub voices for Akira and Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, yeah. As for some films you may remember him in, he played Herm in The Great Outdoors. He was the Cardinal in Little Nicky, a very bizarre Adam Sandler film if you've never seen it. You know, I know I've seen it. I don't remember how I feel about it. Yeah, I saw it too. I worked in a movie theater, so I got to see it for free. And I'm pretty sure I saw it like twice because, I mean, we saw movies for free. So we mm -hmm. just watched whatever. I don't remember whether or not I liked it, and I'm scared to go back and revisit it. But also, he was Chief Hartley in Scream 2, which also starred his son, David. Aw, yeah, it's a right? family Precious. thing. But wait, it gets better. Drummo, please! We love our drum rolls right here. We've got an ABC After School Special! <laughs> what is it? What is it? What is it? So, this was in 1987, and it was called Just a Regular Kid, an AIDS story. Oh. None of these are ever uplifting. This is about a teenaged boy who discovers he has been afflicted with AIDS after a blood transfusion. This was 87. They just called everything, you know, uh, HIV and AIDS. They just called it AIDS. I'm not even sure at what point they made the differentiation between the two, but... I got nothing. Yep, just an FYI. Sadly, Lewis did pass away at the age of 65 on February 10th, 2001. But I would definitely say his children definitely go on to carry on the family legacy. Mm -hmm. All right, so then we have Dr. Kling. There's quite a few names in this one. Now, this actor's name, it sounded so familiar to me, and so I was very excited to do this deep dive. Dr. Kling is played by Mark Ralston. Mark Ralston is a classically trained actor of the stage, and he started his film and television career in the 80s. In 1986, he played Private Drake in Aliens, Hans in Lethal Weapon 2, <laughs> Steph in Robocop 2, and I'm going to reveal something. I've never seen this movie, so I apologize if I mispronounce it. I know it's a crime to love movies and not have seen this, but he played Bod Diamond in The Shawshank Redemption. Did I say that right? Bod Diamond? Have you seen Shawshank? I have not seen Shawshank, but I'm familiar with parts of it. Okay. Yeah, it's just, it's a, it just looks like a bummer movie and I hate watching bummer movies. He also played Sergeant Boyle in several episodes of Murder, She Wrote, Gordy Limna, Limna in The Shield, and he played Erickson in Saw 5 and 6. He's a bad guy in a lot of movies, though, he, too. He looks like a bad guy, but also I don't remember at what point I gave up on watching the Saw series. So I don't remember if I remember him. <sighs> yeah, I saw one. I skipped two. I went and saw the one where the girl falls into the pit of needles. I that was the second one, because that's when they're in the house and it's got the girl from Seventh Heaven in it, I think. There is a camper yelling at us right now. I know. I I'm it. sorry. If you're a fan <laughs> of the Saw series, please clarify to us which one. The girl that, tur uh, spoiler alert, that turns out to be Jigsaw's, Jigsaw's assistant. Yeah, apprentice. Falls into a pit of needles. I saw that one in the theater and I think I saw the next one and I was just like, I'm just not invested in these. The first one was really good and then when I heard the second one was not enough like the first one I gave up. I so. definitely have most of them. I can't start owning a series without owning all of them. Yes. I'm like my final destination's already fucked up, so I need to fix that. Yep. I'm and, the same way. Yeah. And then there's like 50 puppet masters, which is fine. They're, yeah. They're mostly delightful. Yeah. All right. So then we have Mr. Sickles, played by Stefan Garash. Stefan started his career in the 50s with a few minor roles on TV here and there, like the Alfred Hitchcock Hour, Bonanza, and ever since I wrote Bonan the word Bonanza, I've had the theme song playing a loop in my head. My grandpa <laughs> was a big Bonanza fan. On the Mod Squad, and he had some small film roles, notable roles. He played the principal in the original Carrie. Nice. Yes. 
He played Joshua Colling and Professor Woodard in Dark Shadows, the series, not the movie. I do love the Dark Shadows series. It was my mother's favorite soap opera. He did pass away at the age of 88, September 6, 2014. Oh, wow. And then we have Enoch, whose name might sound a little familiar. His last name, at least. He's played by Jeff Yeager. Could they be siblings? Why, yes, he is the brother to the director of this episode, Kevin Yeager. Yay! Yes, but Jeff is also a working actor and sculptor. He started his career playing Kyle Bates in the 1980s sci-fi series V. We've had quite a few people from V in Tales from the Crypt episodes. He also had some small roles on Magnum P.I., The Twilight Zone, Freddy's Nightmares, Murder, She Wrote, Seventh Heaven with his sister-in-law, Catherine. And in 2004, he landed the role of Hoyt in the cult classic show, Six Feet Under. Ooh. I've also never seen that one, but I really want to. I watched the first two, three episodes, and I still couldn't decide if I liked it. So Jeff also works under his brother's company, which is, I believe, Kevin Yeager Productions. That is his FX company. He works as generally a sculptor. He has done sculpting work for films like The Master of Disguise. 2004's A Series of Unfortunate Events with Jim Carrey. Delightful <sighs> as fuck. Yeah, that was a beautiful movie. Hellraiser Debtor. Hellraiser Hellworld. Aeon Flux. The oh. show, not the old cartoon. Mm-hmm. And Bill and Ted Face Music. That's the newer one, right? Yes. Okay. I have not seen that one. I haven't seen any Bill and Ted, so oh. I'm a disappointment. I know. <laughs> Uh, it's okay. I don't know if they hold up. I haven't rewatched them in a while. Then we have Marana or Myrna. She's played by Cindy Rigel. You may remember her from a previous Who's That Ghoul. She was Beth on the old soap Santa Barbara. She was Cindy O'Connor on the show Falcon Crest. And she played the photographer's assistant in The Thing from the Grave. Oh! Yes. The cute the cute little redhead. Yeah. 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 Adorable. Right. And I thought I was going to be done here, but I noticed that Elizabeth, the little girl, had a photo in her IMDb credits. So I was like, okay, well, clearly she went on to do something. And it was an adult photo. <laughs> Elizabeth was played by Alex Prager. She's now a director, photographer, and screenwriter. An award-winning director, photographer, and screenwriter. Badass! Yes. Tales from the Crypt was her first ever acting role. She was about 11 at the time. And she only did a few more things as a child actor. Then as an adult, she has directed a few, you know, small-time piddly little actors. Bryce Dallas Howard, Brad Pitt, Gary Oldman, Jessica Chastain, George Clooney, Ryan Gosling, Kirsten Dunst, Glenn Close, Rooney Mara, Viola frickin' Davis, I love Viola frickin' Davis so much, Elizabeth Banks, and Kate Blanchett in her various short films. Dope. Yes, she actually won an Emmy for her short film series, A Touch of Evil. So one last thing as I was going through the credits, I did note, because I love it when this happens, people get typecast mm-hmm. a lot. Like there was the butler in that one episode who <laughs> every- the butler 20 times. Yes. The sheriff, played by Kenneth White, oh my god, 95% of his acting credits are cops, sheriffs, detectives, lieutenants, basically some sort of law in enforcement. So notably, he played the sheriff in the Dolly Parton iconic classic, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. So yeah, uh, they really had a pretty well-seasoned cast in this in this episode. Speaking of this episode. Yes. Hey, Camp Counselor Cheers. Hey, Camp Counselor Lauren. Did you like this episode? I loved this episode. <laughs> oh my God, such a breath of fresh air. So one of the things we were talking about before we started recording is that I said a lot of times they'll have really good actors in these episodes and I'll be a little bit disappointed by their performance because I know what they can do. And I don't know if it's like the direction they're getting. I don't know if they don't take it seriously because like whatever, this is an HBO horror show. I, like, I don't know what the issue is. I said, but this episode, every actor brought their a game. Every, like, the villains were so incredibly despicable. The, you know, Jeff Yeager for, you know, not being a super, you know, he hadn't had a ton of credits under his belt. He'd been working, but he did such a great job 
portraying Enoch with his body language and his eyes, because, you know, he had a lot of prosthetics on his face. So really, you know, he had to convey that with his voice, his body language, his eyes. He did such a great job and everyone just killed it. I, you know, despite the fact that, like I said, the topic of the storyline is something I hate, but because it's Tales from the Crypt, you know, everybody got what they deserved, as you say. And Enoch got his happy ending. And I, I just truly, from every angle, I really enjoyed this episode. I give it two severed thumbs up and and a two baby crypt keeper feet up like it's <laughs> a lot yes. of phalanges that is a, yeah, yeah, that's a lot of phalanges so camp counselor lauren did you like this episode i loved it so i love this episode i am also going to go ahead and give it two severed thumbs up and i will follow suit with the little baby crypt keeper feetsies up yay because i love a good origin story i also love that if you take the jewels off of the mummy you lose your family jewels <laughs> and perchance I'm just biased because Jewel is my last name, but I adored it. I also really like circus settings for like horror movies mm-hmm. and things like this. So in Tales from the Crypt, we had in season one, Dig That Cat, He's Real Gone. Season two, we have this episode, Lower Birth. And then in some other season, there is at least one more circus episode that has another one of those very, they definitely got what they deserved moments. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot darker. So heads up, campers and camp counselor <laughs> Tish. All right. Good to know. Good to know. So it was really nice seeing the Crypt Keeper's origin story. Little baby. That does explain if you have been listening since the beginning, I had a fan theory that the Crypt Keeper is a dead kid playing dress up, which is why I always make very childlike references to him, what he's doing in the openings. But this explains it. He lost his parents when he was a mere baby. He probably had a very difficult childhood. So thus, it makes sense that he would be very emotionally and psychologically stunted and living out the childhood that he didn't get. So he's always playing dress up and playing with toys. Yeah. Do do you have to call me out like this? (laughs) Excuse me! Get the fuck out of my house! (laughs) Just because I too play dress up and am very sad. (laughs) Oh, heavens. Heavens to fancy. That might be too dark. You may want to cut that off. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how I feel in two uh, days when uh, I edit this. Right? Yeah, I, I feel like that validates my fan theory of like, okay, he is older. He's probably not a child, but he will forever psychologically be a small child. Precious, precious being. I yes. love you. Yes. I now think, I mean, when uh, I'm building our website. Yes. Yeah. It's it's slow because I'm doing it in my spare time. (laughs) 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 What the hell is that? I do think uh, since we can't get an official wiki feat page for the Crypt Keeper, I think that'll be one of our bonus pages is just a a Crypt Keeper feat page. Yes. Because I now have baby feet. I've got plenty to work with here to fill a page. I also have something that I really want to do, but I need to find somebody and convince them to do this thing for me, which I know is super vague and you probably want more details as do the people listening. But I'm a jerk and I'm not gonna. There's a thing and I'm gonna do this thing and I'll tell you about this thing, but not till the thing is done. So there you go. There's a lot of things like that lately in my life. (laughs) Right? All right. So that was this week's episode of Camp Creep podcast aj road media podcast be sure to check out the many other podcasts on joy road media such as Truthcast, you made me watch great lakes confidential dead waves and the burt Selick podcast as well as all of the other amazing podcasts on joy road media they are growing and adding new podcasts every month. So be sure to stay tuned to Joy Road Media. So hey, why don't you support us and follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also reach out to us and send us an email at campcreeppodcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on social media like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at Camp Creep Podcast, and on Twitter at Camp Creep Pod. And as always, campers, creep it real. Creep it real.